everybody. Welcome once again to the Coach Josh Conklin Show, brought to you by Budweiser of Spartanburg. I'm Jim Noble, and Coach, I know we're sitting here in mid to late September talking about a, a football team that is 0-3, but after the 27-7 loss to Virginia Tech Saturday in Blacksburg, I sense a difference. I sense a different kind of football team. I sense a different kind of confidence. How do you feel about the effort Saturday? Well, I knew going into this whole situation uh, starting last January, bringing a new staff in, bringing a new offense in, really changing everything from the top to the bottom, uh, it wasn't going to be for the, the timid of heart. Um, so we knew what we were getting into. Uh, that's why I've stayed pretty consistent. I mean, we had a tough three weeks. We knew it was going to be a tough three weeks. We got another tough opponent this week. However, when we came out, like you said, there was a sense of confidence, and I think maybe that's the biggest thing that we took from that game. Uh, there was a confidence that came from the offense. I, I think our defense went toe-to-toe -to -toe, um, at the line of scrimmage uh, with a very good football uh, team in Virginia Tech. So there were a ton of positives to take from that. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the score wasn't where we wanted it. We always go into those games trying to compete for as long as we can, make it a game as long as we can. Um, but I said this to you guys earlier. If you take a look at the first quarter, it was 3-0. to zero. Mm -hmm. The third quarter was 0-0, zero to zero, and the fourth quarter was 7-7. to seven. So... The second quarter hurt us, and there were reasons why that happened. Um, but yeah, they, our guys have a lot of confidence right now, and we got to continue to build on that confidence because we have eight games left. It's a long season, and there's a lot of football left to be played. Well, we're about to dive into it when we come back. We will look at some of those things Coach was just talking about on both sides of the ball against Virginia Tech. Flip forward and look at a really tough opponent on the road again coming up this weekend at Kennesaw State and get into a little bit of play calling and how a play makes its way from the booth down to the field. It's all coming up next here on the Josh Conklin Show. You can always count on the crisp, refreshing taste of Bud Light, just like you can always count on Always Game Gary. No bar is too far. No wing sauce is too hot. Not for Gary. Gary is the man. He's nothing like Keith. Keith never wants to do anything. Why are we even talking about Keith? Always Game Gary is famous among friends. He deserves a Bud Light. Enjoy responsibly Bud Light Beer, AB St. Louis, Missouri. And welcome back to the Coach Josh Coughlin Show. There must be something about an 11 a.m. start in Blacksburg, Virginia last Saturday, because you guys are ready to play right when you get off the bus. I know we talked last week about some of the, uh, the challenges of getting ready for that start time, but it seemed to me, Coach, when, when, when that one was kicked off at 11.01 a.m., Terriers were ready. Yeah, no, they were. Um, we, had a, we had a really good week of preparation. Um, I think the guys really believed. Um, I know defensively going into that game that we could, um, we could have some, give them some issues for a while um, if we played really well. Um, and then I think, you know, it, it's been a while since I've been in that environment, mm -hmm. um, that type of environment. Um, but when you you know, come down that tunnel and they're playing inner Sandman um, and it's wall-to-wall -wall people, that kind of gets the electric, electric, electricity going mm -hmm. as well. So uh, there's a lot of great things um, for our guys, and, and they love those games, and they get excited about them. It was funny when we talked to Coach earlier today on his conference call, I was sure the first thing you were going to bring up was, man, the defense played great. Man, the defense was, was tackling great, and they were. But the first thing you told us, was how proud you were of the offense. Mm -hmm. No turnovers, didn't shoot themselves in the foot, uh, certainly some chances for, for, for more offense that we're going to take advantage of later in the season. 
But tell me why you were so pleased with the overall effort. Well, I just think, I think when you're making the transition that we are right now and, and you're going through this process, um, it, it's, it is difficult because it's completely new. It, it is completely different. And, and I don't expect any of the layman people or the fans to understand that. That's really, that doesn't, that's not my job. Uh, my job is to understand the vision of where it's going. And as that game went on, they stayed in it and they made a drive late against a team that really wanted the shutout. Sure. And they had their guys in there still playing. Mm -hmm. And we fought the fight and we kept fighting. And I saw Jimmy gain more confidence. Uh, I saw a guy like Landon Parker gain more confidence. I saw some guys at the wide receiver position play at a, a higher level. Um, there's things to correct, obviously. Um, but I think understanding that, okay, this is how it goes. This is how it can work. And seeing that we scored twice in the red zone um, because we did have a, a penalty, which was an error. So there's some good things that we can build off of. And again, we're trying to build this thing to last. We're not just trying to build it for one game, um, throw it out the window. You know, it's a work in progress. Wyrick makes some plays with his legs as well as his arm. Landon Parker's effort on that long play that got us into scoring position was uh, outstanding. Wyrick fakes the handoff, will roll to his right, got some room, now here comes the rush. Jimmy is going to sail it down the right sideline, wide open is Parker, inside the 20, makes a cut to the inside, the 15, Landon Parker all the way down to the 13-yard line. Nathan Walker caps that off with the first touchdown of the year. Wyrick gives it to Walker, Nathan Walker is in, this time it will count. Touchdown, Terriers, Nathan Walker. How important was it to score on those guys late? It was really important. Um, I think it was. It gives your your units, um, your offensive unit, it gives them a great sense of, of pride. It gives them a great sense of accomplishment. Um, I told our team one of the most proud things that I had as a, as a football coach was we're getting ready to go in and they're reviewing the play before to see if it's a first down. And I look over to the bench and there's not a soul that's on the sideline. The whole team, defensive guys, special teams guys, they're all on the field with the offensive guys in the huddle, encouraging them, they're into it. That just said a lot for me as a head coach in terms of, man, what a great group of guys, what a, what a culture, and they're believing. And, and they know what we can do if we can just continue to put the pieces of the puzzle together. And important to point out that Virginia Tech entered the weekend as the number five defense in the entire nation in all of college football. So a really good sign there. All right, our defense. Yeah. Thought it was maybe one of the best tackling games I've ever seen here at Wofford. I only counted two, two missed tackles, uh, assignments, secondary defending passes. I know they, they found the soft spots, especially up the middle with the tight end a lot, and that is they're a matchup nightmare in certain areas. But overall, the defense came out of that with some confidence. Like you said, played Virginia Tech dead even. If not for that six-minute stretch in, 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 near the end of the half, um, this is a very even football game. So coming out of that, how would you grade the defense? Oh, I, I mean, I, I thought they did a, a really good job of style of play in terms of what you're talking about. Um, the piles were going back. Uh, the tackling was really good against good people in space, which is what you want to see. Again, I don't think we, we even come close to hitting our potential in the ceiling of where we can become uh, or what we can become as a defense. Uh, the thing that I'm going to challenge our defensive backs with is, you know, we want to be tighter in coverage in the back end. I think we have the ability to do that. You know, we had a corner come up in the second half and, hey, coach, can we press these guys on the line of scrimmage because he felt that comfortable and he did a heck of a job against 
good wide receivers. A lot of young guys that have come through the last two or three years um, that are starting to play for us, juniors, sophomores, seniors, um, you're starting to see them really develop on that side of the ball, and that's, and that's fun to watch. But probably the, the most proud that I was of our, our guys was the front seven. Mm -hmm. I thought our D-line played really physical at the point of attack. Uh, they tried to run counter any which way they could, and we really held up all day in the run game. And that was just a lot of effort, um, a lot of guys executing their job. Yeah, I, I don't want to slight anybody, but a couple of names that really jumped out to me, um, Jalen Marshall had, had a ton of tackles. Uh, John Michael DiRoberto stuck yeah. his nose in there and came out of the safety position really good at run support as well. I thought Romello Gray, although he hasn't been starting much, got in there and, and like you said, when your guys were trying to, to push forward on the line, um, got in there. Um, anybody else that jumped out at you? <laughs> you know, I think a guy like Harrison Morgan, uh, yeah. I think he played pretty well. I think he made some, some big plays in space. Um, you know, there's all those guys up front. I thought, like you said, Romello is a guy that's been real disruptive, but I think those guys up front, we've really challenged them to be more disruptive than they have. And uh, this week against Kennesaw State, they're going to need to be disruptive. Well, we will talk about that when we come back. Yeah, you know them. We played them a lot the last few years. The Owls of Kennesaw State, this time down in Atlanta. We'll preview that matchup next. Black and gold. Bold. A victory story about to be told. Grit, toughness, and tenacity. A hub of hard work in Hub City. We're on these wins like dogs on a bone. In the zone. Our place, in your face, won't leave you alone. Strength, speed, fire, true. I'm sorry, do these things trouble you? We're Wofford College. We fly the W. Ingles, proud partner of the Wofford Terriers. And welcome back to the Coach Josh Coughlin Show, brought to you by Budweiser of Spartanburg. I'm Jim Noble. So, Kennesaw State, three games in your coaching tenure, one of them a playoff, two of them a playoff game, mm -hmm. and the Owls have had the Terriers numbered lately. That's a really, really talented football team that Brian Brohannon has put together over the years. Talk to me first about defending the triple option. That always seems to be job one when facing Kennesaw State, but... They're pretty good balance, too. They can throw the ball as well, can't they? They really can. Uh, they do a tremendous job. Uh, we've got a lot of respect for them, um, obviously, as a program and, and knowing them and, and knowing some of their staff down there. So they're a physical football team. Uh, it starts up front in terms of running that triple option. Uh, they do it really well. Um, and again, I think they just have a tenacity uh, and an attitude that they play with. And I think that, you know, you have to match that attitude. You have to match that tenacity if you're going to expect to be in that football game. Um, but, yeah, there's things you got to do. you got you got to play complimentary football. Um, you got to do a great job on defense. You're going to get in situations where it's going to be third and short, fourth and short. you got to find a way to get off the field. Um, you got to get the ball back to your offense, and, and your offense has got to move the chains, and they got to score when they have opportunities because um, this is a ball control game. Um, could be a very short game just in terms of the style of play. Uh, but you got to be able to create some negative plays and, and get off the field on short yardage. Mm -hmm. We're looking forward to it. It's a 6 p.m. kickoff at Kennesaw. Of course, it'll be on ESPN Plus and the Wofford Digital Radio Network. All right, in closing, I always joke about, you know, when I'm watching an NFL game and I've got the clicker in my hand and a bowl of chips on the recliner, I'm like, why did they call that? Or how did that play get called? And the fans always wonder uh, about the mechanics of a play. We've got three co-offensive coordinators 
at Wofford right now. Um, obviously, a new one, Sean Watson, coming mm-hmm. over and, and handling a lot of the offensive installation with the new pro spread. Talk to me, Josh, or explain to folks about um, who's in the booth, who's on the field, how a play call comes down from the booth through a coordinator to the sidelines. Well, like on, on the offensive side, you know, Sean is the guy that, that controls the offense, and, and, he's, and he's making the calls. Um, he's deciding um, every decision that we make um, on offense in terms of the, the plays to be run. Now, up in the, so he's up in the box. Um, that's where most coordinators will want to call it from. Um, some defensive coordinators don't, but most guys want to be up in the box. Uh, he's also got Corey Woods up there who really looks and focuses on the, on the front. Um, and then we've got three guys down below. Um, you know, we've got Dane Romero who's down below. We've got Tyler Carlton who's, who's down below. Darius Dobson is down on the sideline. Uh, I think what sometimes people don't understand is, you know, each guy has a certain thing that they're looking at. Um, when you're an assistant coach, you don't watch the game like a fan. Um, you may have, for example, uh, Dane, Dane Romero because he's on the field. He's going to watch the near side offensive lineman, which would be the center guard tackle to his side and see how they're blocking a certain thing. Uh, defensively, you do the same. So it's very specific because when the coordinator asks, hey, who got that tackle, he needs to have an immediate feedback. Hey, it was the backside linebacker. Hey, it was the defensive end. So he can know how to adjust it on the next time that, that situation comes up. So call comes down. We have quarterbacks that are on headsets. Um, call comes down. We have three guys signaling, and each guy has kind of their own thing that they're signaling. Um, it goes into the quarterback, quarterback calls it, and that's how the, the, the play gets relayed down. I think my job, you know, kind of my responsibility is situationally. Um, if we're trying to, you know, burn some time or, hey, stick a run in here um, right now, um, or, hey, they're having issues with this, just things that I see that I'll mm-hmm. just kind of throw information in there. But really during the series, everybody needs to be quiet because the coordinator is trying to think through yeah. the next play. So when it comes down to a crunch time decision, whether it's are we going to go for two after a touchdown or are we going to go for it on fourth and one from the 45-yard line, is that where you come in? You say we're either a go or a no-go and then the call is made? Yeah, I, I really think the head coach has got it. I mean, your responsibility as a head coach is to manage the football game. And that's why, you know, I think – you see a lot of you can't be really animated as a defense coordinator you can be animated you can be more into because you're just thinking about one thing i'm trying to think about the next it's two-point conversions or it's go for it on fourth down um what the situation of the game is and then just any feedback that you're you're pumping to the defensive coordinator the offensive coordinator um, and really trying to manage the whole game um, even in, even in black ops or special teams. Right, right. Uh, when it comes down to, I know we've had a few situations, or really more, a couple against Elon, maybe one against Virginia Tech. We've kind of had the ball near midfield and had a a fourth and three or something like that. Do you have a general philosophy of how to handle those? Uh, do you, do, um, do analytics pop into it at all? Is it more of a gut feeling for you at that time? We definitely, I mean, we, we do definitely take a look at analytics uh, the best that we can. You know, they, they send out, we don't get the book, but we do have access to some of that information. Like, they'll send out a book of analytics when you should go for it on fourth down, when you shouldn't. Um, I, I think sometimes with the an- analytics don't play into, though, is, you know, how are you, how are you playing on offense, right? Um, if we feel like, hey, we're doing a great job running the football right now, we can get a yard, we get two yards, then I may say, and tell Sean, hey, if we're inside the 40-yard line and it's less than one, we're going for it. If it's inside the 35 and it's less than two, we're going for it. Um, I'll give that information to him early so he doesn't have to ask. He can just know, okay, we're in two-down territory. See, coaches' coaches shows aren't just fun. 
they're educational as well. We always appreciate you watching. Have a great trip down to Kennesaw. Have we a will. great week of practice, and we'll see you down there on Saturday. Appreciate it. We always appreciate Josh Conklin joining us, and we will see you next time on the Coach Josh Conklin Show. Thanks, everybody.